What's up, guys? It's your boy, Eru the Any Star, host of the Dynasty Podcast. I got Slizzy Take here. But before we get Slizzy in here, I'm just going to read off a stat line, and he's going to take it from there. Uh, Julius Randle put up 27, 16, and 7. That's 27 points, 16 rebounds, and 7 assists in the last game. So let, let's let um uh, Slizzy finish that um that sentence. <laughs> you funny, man. <laughs> what, what, I, what I basically said um, – off live was I love being wrong about the Knicks. And Randall has proven me, he's proven me so wrong that it's getting to a point where I feel I feel stupid. I feel so stupid for slandering this man. And I'm I'm glad you hit me up today so we could dedicate a pod just for Julius Randall. I felt like I feel like he deserves it. Um, especially for people like me who wanted his ass gone. Let's be real. I, I wanted him gone. I didn't want to, I didn't care about what we got for him. I think the worst trade that I've ever said to you, Ero, for Julius Randle, and I still remember this trade. It's like, it's like, it's like stuck in my brain. Like this trade is stuck in my brain. Marvin Bagley and Buddy Hill for Julius Randle. Oh my God. Yeah, it's not bad, man, because like I agree with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that that's how crazy it was at, at that point in point in time. Everybody wanted wanted um Randall out of here. Yeah, yeah. So Randall got me, brother. Made me making me eat crow. And I, I respect it, bro. Like this dude is yo, he's shooting. He's made he's made 54 catch and shoot threes, right? On those 54 catch and shoot threes, Randall is shooting 50 cent percent plus so it's about 53 percent that he's shooting on catch and shoot threes compared to last season it's like bro i, I don't even know what to say no more i don't know yeah. what to say no more i don't know what to say no more man respect the kid man look at him number 30 he's wearing um bernard king's number mm-hmm. you know i didn't like that at first man because i feel like the uh, number 30 should be in the rafters mm-hmm. or or at least at least you know more prominent within the organization man but he's rocking 30 and he's doing He's doing a, a good service, man. Yeah. But you got to you got to finish that stat line, man. Twenty-seven point sixteen rebounds and seven assists. Who was the last person to do that? Bob McAdoo, and that was that that was in the seventies. So that was before what, I was born. Yeah, that's what makes it even more impressive. Like, and the one thing that people, I think, the one thing that people missed, and one of the main reasons why I disliked Randall last season, because he didn't make RJ better, and I felt like. When he came here, he didn't allow RJ to flourish. But this season, you know, since January 1st, RJ Barrett has been, you know, assisted on 48% of his three-point makes. And 48% of those three-point makes is coming from assists from Julius Randle. So Randle is making people better around him on top of the fact that he's playing respectable defense, on top of the fact he's never hurt. Never, never, ever hurt. He comes to work, and I, I gotta, I gotta respect that about Randall, man. I gotta respect that. Yeah, shout out to his last game. The last game where um, what did we play last? We played Detroit, and then we played um before that was the Spurs. Against mm-hmm. the Spurs, he he looked like he was done. He looked like he was hurt. You know, his body looked swollen up, like he might have been dehydrated or something, and he just looked tired. He had like one of his worst games of the year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the guy plays a lot of minutes. Um, he's high usage. He's basically he's basically our point guard. 
when he comes down down on a fast break, he's not necessarily looking to score. He's looking to facilitate for the guys out there, man. So, you yeah. know, he's doing a lot. He's doing everything out there. And, and you know, what I loved about um, Julius Randle the most, um, I felt like his article on the Athletic for the Players' Tribune, I think – after reading that article, it really made me appreciate um, Julius Randle even more because I like when people own up to when they're wrong. Like, just like how I'm wrong with Randle, he basically said it, said himself in that article, yo, I wasn't, I wasn't the leader that I wanted to be, right? Um, I didn't produce the way I wanted to. And he said, he also said, you know, when I came to New York, you know, I put too much pressure on myself. And Ibra, I think I think that's what it was last season, bro. I think he was – I think he wanted to live up to the contract so bad that he had lost sight of the main goal. And, you know, he owned up to it. So I appreciate Randall for that. Appreciate him for that, man. Yeah, I get it, man. Because, I mean, he averaged – he did average – before he got here, he averaged 20, um, 21, 8, and, uh, and 3. Cause I remember I kept drilling that to you, man. Twenty-eight, you know, you know, twenty-one, you know, eight and three, twenty-one, eight and three. Anybody that would listen, I was saying that, you know, on on the show. But the, you know, he 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 just knew that he could do that. He knew that he was that type of player. But when he came to the Knicks, like he said, he admitted that maybe he might have been too full of himself. You know, maybe he thought too highly of of his skills. And like he he said it in the article that um he just didn't didn't really um think about what it was like to be the number one guy, the guy with the ball is always going to him and. You know, he's the focal point. The defenses are coming at him and how right. to attack it, you know, all this other stuff. And plus, he had an asshole like Fisdale that was the coach that wasn't getting preparing him for nothing. You know what I'm saying? He just got him out there. Go ahead, be LeBron James. And he's like, oh, shit, what? How? You know, and he, but the coach is supposed to tell you that. The, the coach and staff is supposed to prepare you. You know what I'm saying? So he's in a situation now where, um, you know, he really he has a real coach, real coaching staff and all that. So everything just came into, into um, you know, just made it beautiful, man. And he gave credit to everybody too, which which is good. He's not just like a like a selfish guy. Yeah, and you know, it, it's two things, right? You know, one of the paragraphs that I love, you know, he he writes, "I've been painting, <clears throat> I've been painting the picture of it to these guys all year." Just the other day, I was talking about it with Obi and him. I'm gonna stop right there. To fans who get annoyed with Obi Toppin's minutes, got to relax. After reading this article, you got to relax. I understand that Obi Toppin is 22, and I understand he, that he's about to be 23 years old. But at the end of the day, you know, he's still getting minutes. And knowing Tibbs, Tibbs is going to give the young kid, the young kid minutes. Um a lot of people ain't impressed with his box scores. I don't give a damn about his box scores numbers, Ibu, to be honest with you. All I care about is him playing productive basketball. And productive basketball means we're playing, we're playing meaningful basketball, which means over 500 basketball, which means we're playing for a playoff spot. And I think that's very important. And, you know, Randall, he finishes off the paragraph with, you know, Maybe even there's crowds by then, and we could get the garden popping. Y'all don't even know. There's not another fan base in the league that can match what these Nick fans will give us if we're taking care of our business. Absolutely <laughs> correct. 
we 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 some gangsters, man. We know our basketball. We we talk a lot of shit. We say a lot of crazy stuff, man. But Knicks fans really know their basketball. But you know, just to pick it back of what you're saying, what what we're just saying in general, just what he was saying about how um just learning how to be the number one guy and this type type of thing. Um, he didn't have nobody to help him. He was just like like he just dove into the water and he was trying to figure out himself. But um, you know, the people people that are upset about Obi. You got to realize that that um, Obi is learning this lesson through Tibbs, and now he has a big brother in Randall. He, you know, th this is this is something that's going to help these guys, you know, flourish and, and blossom. You know, Randall didn't have that. You know, Randall Randall was bumped around in L LA. They didn't want him out there. You know, they traded all those young guys out there to get you know LeBron James and all this other. So they, they weren't um, trying to develop the youth when when he was in LA. You know, bring it down to to um to New Orleans. New Orleans, they were really just focused on Anthony Davis. They didn't really care about Julius Randle and all these other guys and stuff. You know, you know. So he's finally in a spot now where he got all the talent, and um they just threw him to the fire without any any preparation. But you know, Obi right now, Obi is definitely being held in. You know, um learning the game, seeing the game, watching, and um just you know building from the um from such a, a good mentor in Randle, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. And, and, and you know, another thing I want to commend Randall on, you know, um, just besides the leadership thing and, 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 and not getting hurt and, and understanding when to pass the ball, I love the fact that he always owns up to his mistakes. But on top of the fact that it took him seven years to get to this point. It took multiple teams, right? And I don't know if you knew this, but he asked out his own dude. Lakers. He told the Lakers, release my contract so I could be a free agent when LeBron was um, coming to the Lakers. So, you know, and he breaks his leg, his rookie. Yeah. So you got to understand, like, it takes mental toughness, a lot of mental toughness for him to break his leg, come back, play the way that he plays, acts out of L.A., go to New Orleans, produce, come to New York, the hardest, the hardest place to play ever. I don't, I, Lakers, L.A. is not the hardest place to play. It's New York. Comes here, and he's finally producing. I got to respect that mental toughness. I think Randall, Frank Nilakina, and R.J. Barry. Is the most is the the mental, mentally toughest kids on this roster. I'm gonna call Randall a kid because he he plays like a kid. He's smiling. He's having fun. But those three right there is mentally tough, and I really like what the all three of them bring to the game. But I like how Randall, you know, has empowered them. Like I, I love stuff like that. Randall Randall was the reason why Frank was three for three. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I give it to him because because uh, he, he takes all the heat. You know, Randall takes all the heat and all the pressure, and he just gives those guys the ball where they need it. You know, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I want to show I want to show those pictures that that um that you had sent. This is um the evolution of Randall's game here. You know, for those that for those at home and looking, everything that he scored was really in the in the paint. You know, you see like little dots on the on the outside for his rookie year and stuff. But most of his most of his the majority of his points are right at the rim. A lot of alley oops, probably a lot of handoffs, that type of thing. A lot of rebounds, just scoring off of rebounds. That was his first year. 
Uh, going into a second, no, this, this is a second year. No, this is one. This is a second year. You see him a little bit more. You're experimenting on the outside. Still a lot, you know, inside heavy. Uh, going into the next year, this is um probably like what? This is last year. You know, too many threes up top. You, you can see it on one side. You could tell just by the offense that they were playing. But look at this year. This year, it's just, it just looks like an explosion all over the court. The guy is just, he's just making it happen all over the court, man. So it just shows the evolution of the game. So, I, you know, I appreciate you sending those to me, man, to put it out there because it, it just shows the evolution of a player. Yeah. And I wanted people to see that, to know, you know, Randall is growing. This guy is growing. Randall now has 10, 25 points, 10 rebounds, five or six games, already second most. In a season in Knicks history, <laughs> like, I'm, this guy, and and oh, oh, he's he's become the first Knicks player to have ten plus twenty five points for five games in a season since nineteen eighty four. That is extremely impressive. That's crazy. Soon, um, you, you know, next season it might come a time. Where dudes is like, he might be in the MVP combo if, if, if he keep doing this. And also, Julius Randle is the first player in Knicks history with these stats at the All Star break: eight hundred plus points, four hundred plus rebounds, two hundred plus assists. Oh God! Yo, speaking guy. of MVP rate, man, like who 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 is actually in the MVP race right now? Um, for me. My MVP is Donovan Mitchell, surprisingly. Um, I always give the MVP to the best player on the best team. Donovan Mitchell's on the best team right now, and he's the best player on that team, so I'm going to give it to Donovan Mitchell. Um, I'm tired of LeBron, even though he's the Billy Goat of my generation. And I'm kind of, I don't want to see Harden. James Harden don't deserve it. He's on a stacked team. LeBron don't deserve it. Like, you got four already, bro. Like, I'm sick of you. Let some new blood get it. You know, I, I think I like Donovan Mitchell for MVP, personally. And you? Well, I mean, I'm just, that's what I'm saying. I'm looking around. Donovan Mitchell sounds sounds about right because they got the best team in the NBA. But then, I mean, you you look at Embiid and, and with the 76ers. Uh, uh, you know, Giannis, of course, is going to be in the mix. But you know, the Suns. I can't call my. I can't even twist my mouth to even mention anybody on the Suns to make them MVP. You know what I'm saying? So just looking at those guys. Like, um, if you look at, at the Knicks, if you take Julius Randle off the team, we're at the bottom of the NBA. You know, uh, I, I don't think you could say the same, th same thing about some of these other players, man, especially Donovan Mitchell. Like, if Donovan Mitchell uh, missed a couple games, you know, I don't, I don't think that the Utah Jazz would, uh, would worry too much, man. You know? I think, I think, I, I don't think we would be in the bottom of the NBA, but I think we would be, like, we wouldn't have this record we have now, to be honest. Um. Randall playing so damn well. Like, I don't even know who could take – like, if we took him off this team and we, you know, scattered his box scores around the team, I don't know who could replicate that. I'm going to be honest with you. So, yeah, it's not many. Not many. Like, talk about All-NBA. All like, we was having a conversation at work today. It's like, like who's who's in the All-NBA? You know, because, um, you know, Julius Randall's putting up all these different numbers. There's not really nobody else at his position that does what he does. You know, if you want to talk about uh, what, what the you know, uh, Sabonis maybe, you know, but but he's better than Sabonis. Bam, a lot of people like Bam, but he's putting better numbers than Bam this year. You know, so 
Like you can't really put none of these guys guys ahead of him. Anthony Davis hasn't played enough games this year to really um you know talk about him. You know, I, I he should be all team. Let me think. Um, first of all, I want to say this to about Julius Randle. Julius Randle's playing like the best power forward in the Eastern Conference. Let, let, let's start right there, right? So since he's playing like the best power forward in the Eastern Conference, then we got to go to the next step. What's the other power forwards in the Eastern Conference, or in the NBA rather, that's playing better than Randle right now currently? Well, Giannis, maybe. Giannis, you, it depends on what you consider Giannis. So, some people call him a center. Some people call him a point guard. You know, so it really, it really depends on that. But outside of him, I can't even frown my face up to mention to even you know say anybody else. I can't probably Durant, but that's about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Tibbs. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Probably Durant. Um, sheesh. Nobody. I think he Randall should get an all team second NBA and all team second NBA. Yeah, yeah second NBA. You know I think that's that's um that's that's good. Yeah, go ahead. And, and, and you know what else? Did you listen to Tom Thibodeau? I don't know if you did or any Knicks fans who's listening to this. I want y'all all to go listen to Tom Thibodeau's interview last night after the game. And what I loved about Tom, when he spoke, when they asked him about Randall, Tom lit up. You know Tom got that little, he got the Batman penguin smile. You know, he look at you. <laughs> he, he smirked. And, you know, but he gave a whole speech about how Randall has been playing well, and you learn a lot about a guy when you're around him, you know, and he, and he talked about how he watched Randall from afar when, he, when um, you know, Thibodeau wasn't coaching. He was just visiting other teams, and he watched Randall on the Pelicans. But mm-hmm. I said that to say Thibodeau did, after he, after he gave Randall so much credit, like he spoke about Randall for like a minute, Thibodeau named every single person on the roster. Like, and I was like, yo, I love this guy because – Thibodeau's all about the team. And I think Thibodeau got through to Randall to the point where even Randall talks about the team. Like, he doesn't even give himself credit. He, he always talks about the team. So those are certain things that I could really appreciate about Randall and Thibodeau. And I ain't going to lie to you, Eber. I was scared about Thibodeau at first. But now I'm good. Yeah, it's really it's really just understanding like what what we were getting from the guy because you know, you know, a, a lot of people was was expecting him to crack the whip and all that other stuff, but it's not really about that. It's about just like being that leader, putting guys um in in, in a position where okay, listen, this is what I need from you. This is the role, and um this is what this is what how you can be successful, you know. And then you know uh, to talk about um th- that article again, uh, he mentioned in that article that his son imitates him, right? So his, his son was imitating the body language and stuff like that, you know, him um complaining to the refs and that type of thing. So that, that's another thing too, the evolution of a man. He, he just had a son. His son is a uh, you know a couple years old now, maybe like what three, four, five years old, whatever he is. So About this is this is, I think yeah, he's something like. Five. I think he's eight. Is he that old, the baby? I'm not sure because he was in Biddy in the Biddy leagues, whatever. But you know, just just for for that simple fact that just uh, the maturity for that, he, like he knows he has somebody else looking at him. He he mentioned his son is looking at him, but he said, "How are other young people around the um, the world looking at him?" You know, so he has that um the obligation to them 
to show to, to be that example. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. So that that's very important too, man. When um when somebody's just not just basketball, you know, just just growing up as a as a human being. A lot of people, you know, like um like I, I could tell you a couple stories just by you know from the people that I work with. I work with like hundreds of people. Everybody got all kind of different personalities and stuff. But um but you can always tell who has kids and who doesn't, you know, or mm-hmm. who has like responsibilities and who doesn't. Because um, some people act a little bit more crazier if they don't have kids, you know. But people that do have kids, they tend to be they tend to be like more, you know, you know, guarding really, or or just don't, they, I ain't got time for that bullshit. Because they literally don't, you know. Like you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna fight a fight a dude at at, at work and lose your job over something stupid because you know you got kids and stuff. But if you ain't got kids, you're like, yo, what's good? What you want to do? You know, I will kill all you motherfuckers up in here. You know what I'm saying? And you really and you know you really mean it because you don't care. You know, so you know he, he has like a, a different sense of um of understanding. You know, as um you know being a father, I think that that's definitely something that comes into play there. Yeah, yeah, I I, I read that part too, and that was a great part of the um. I think that was one of my most favorite parts of the article. That part and the part when he talked about Kobe Bryant and you know Randall, they went to New Orleans and um. Randall's like, yeah, man, I'm going to go chill out with some friends and all that. It was either New Orleans or it was L.A. It was one of the two cities. And Randall was like, yeah, yo, I'm going to go um, see my family and friends. I'm going to go hang out. And Kobe stopped him mid-sentence. And R.I.P. to Kobe. I love Kobe, bro. I, I, I love him more, even more. I think I, I appreciate him more even after he passed than when he was here. God forbid, because he was so, like, like how can I say it? Like he was so focused. He was so focused, and he stopped Randall in the middle of the sentence, and he said, "Yo, we going to the gym. You ain't going out tonight." <laughs> and, and, and Randall said, "Okay, when when Kobe tell you to go to the gym, you don't you don't question it. You go to the gym." And he takes that mentality and he brings it to the Knicks, and it's so beautiful to watch. And another thing, Thibodeau said last night in that interview, bro, he said that um, various groups of Nick players, young Nick players, always come in and they work out at night on the morning. And he said that R.J. Barrett specifically has a side. He, like, Thibodeau's office is like he can see the court. And R.J. Barrett goes to the court where Thibodeau can see him from his window on purpose. And I like stuff like that. Like little stuff like that is is nice to hear about this team, bro. Yeah, I like RJ Barrett, man. His his um his dad is pretty dope too, man. You know, because yeah. I mean him and their relationship that they have with each other. So so you know the things that things that um that that drives RJ Barrett is something that they they probably had growing up, just their relationship as as father and son. So you know you know thank God for 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 Rohan, man, Rohan Senior. Cause I mean, he he definitely raised a good kid, man. We we got we got a nice. Uh, you mentioned um, you know, uh, RJ and Frank. You know, um, you know, I got I got my issues with Frank and all that, but you know, with all the um issues that he has, you know, uh, with with his um play, it's been four years. Four years is a long grind to be in a, in somebody else's country, you know, nice. trying to figure it out, you know, and you really don't know what's going on. You've been being coached by a bunch of jackasses, you know. Now you finally got a dude that that knows what he's talking about and saying, listen, this is what I need you to do. You know, you're not gonna play. You know, sorry, you know, you need to watch, work on your game. This is what we're trying to tell you. Listen to the coaching. We're going to put you in a spot to, to succeed. Now, look, all, all of a sudden, Frank can shoot the basketball. It took him four years to, to learn to learn that the ball goes into the basket, not on the side of it. You know what I'm saying? Yo. So, yeah, so of course, the defense. Frank, 
Um, it took him four years, man. It took, and you know, he, he has the like the most, um, you know, for somebody his age, he has like the most professional experience. So that's why I always get pissed off better, man. But you know, I give him his props, man. You know, it took him long enough, but he is here. So I mean, you know, the, the important thing now is to get the guys around him that 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 um makes it um, uh, you know, just makes him more valuable because um the 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 less talent that we have around him, Frank is invaluable. You know, I mean, that's it's not valuable at all, you know. But we get, we get another couple pieces in there. Now you got somebody you could throw in there, and um could be that Bruce Bowen type of type of guy. And I said this earlier. Um, I said that the Knicks should resign Frank this offseason. They should resign Mitch this offseason. And the world about to hear me say something crazy, but I kind of think they should resign Randall this offseason as well. Um. Well, we got his option, you know, so we don't have to worry I, about that. I know, but um, Sean Mark said that, you know, we can, um, you know, I think we got a team option, you know, accept the team option, bring him back. And Sean Mark said that Randall can make four years, $106 million. Four years, $106 million. I always said to you, I would not pay Randall $28 million. But what I would do, I would pay Randall $25 million. But. I want to see Randall, Frank, and Mitch help win us a playoff series. That's all I want from them. But I also want the team to invest in what we got right now. And I think I don't think trading any one of those guys is investing. That's just for me. Yeah, you got to be careful, though, man, because if, if the Knicks do win a uh, playoff series with these guys, now, now the price going up. You know, the price of the brick goes up now. You know what I'm saying? Now you're talking about I wouldn't pay, you know, Julius Randle 25. I wouldn't pay Frank uh, 10 million dollars a year. But but if they if they win a playoff series, now all that bread goes up. You wouldn't pay for what he do. Let's say let's say if he if he averages nine points for the rest of the year, nine minimum, and he's helping us win games. He's 22. You wouldn't pay him a three-year, $30 million extension or a four-year, $40 million extension? I don't know about the, the four-year, $40 million, but but I mean, because you, you're talking about a role player. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to chalk in role all that money on a guy. They get paid. But, but we don't even have a second or third option. So how are we paying a role player before we get the second or third option? But the second option is R.J. Barrett. <laughs> you, yeah, but we have no offense. Wait, hold, now, now here's when I stop you right there. We don't have no office, but our office been climbing up since January. So, so yeah, but it, it could be climbing up all they want. We still need that. We still need another guy out there to help those guys out. We got the guys, bro. We got them. Who, who's the guy? Who's outside outside of um, Julius Randle and RJ Barrett? Who else is scoring quickly? We, we still need we we still need another guy. Quickly could give us twenty at any, any given Sunday. Right. Derrick Rose could give us 20 at any given Sunday. You know, I, I don't know after that. I'm not even going, I'm not going to say no names after that. But I'm well, saying all, all those names that, that you mentioned is going to keep us right at, at uh, 500. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So we, we need that extra player to get us a little bit, a little bit higher. You know, you know what? You're right. But you're giving RJ Barrett too much leeway in what you're saying right now. Because what do you mean? he was drafted number three overall, so we shouldn't even be looking outside to find the number the number two guy. 
when we drafted R.J. Barrett number two overall. I mean, number three overall. We we just need another guy, not not a number two guy. Because I mean, R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett can next year average thirty, you know, thirty points a game next year. But we still need another guy. You know what I'm saying? We can't just have Julius Randle and RJ just scoring all of our points because then we'll, then we'll be stuck like like a Washington. You know, just two guys doing everything, and then we just got a bunch of bums, you know, doing all the other stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, damn. If you put it in that terms, we do. Um, I'm just hoping that the Knicks could – if we could get an upgrade from Bullock and Burks to another wing, Otto Porter – I don't know. I don't know, bro. Just an upgrade. Harrison Barnes. Just something. Something. Then I, I, I take it. Something. I, I don't know. I, I don't know, bro. We just really need an upgrade at the three so bad. I wish Kevin Knox was the guy. Like, I'm, he pisses me off a lot, bro. Like, <laughs> like, wake the hell up, Knox. Like, some, I don't know when. This season, next season, wake the hell up. Because, my God, bro. Shake yeah. just Alexandra balling. You got Michael Porter Jr. He looked good. Mikael Bridges looked good. Come on, Knox. Come on now. Yeah, that's that's the level of player that we need. We need somebody like that. You know, I wish Knox was, was that dude, man, but he's just another guy that's just not ready yet, man. Maybe, maybe at some point, you know, but I don't think he's gonna be this year. Mm. You know, it, you know, that there's a couple guys that's that's free. Like um, we, we talked about it before. What's the guy's name? That's um uh, Otto Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? The, the guy from the from the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, so, I heard that he might get bought out. Yeah, That's if he gets bought out, he'll be perfect right there for you know the signing for the remainder of the season. Just to hold, just to hold it down and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and I wouldn't mind a guy like Otto Porter Jr. We gotta buy, we gotta buy low on somebody, bro. Somebody we gotta yeah. buy low on Otto Porter Jr. Mo Bamba. I've been screaming Mo Bamba for weeks. Evan yeah. Fournier. No. Somebody. We got to bother on somebody. Lonzo Ball. If the Pelicans want to just give him up. Somebody. Yeah, we just need the extra, little extra little thing there. Because, I mean, you know, this this is an ever-evolving thing. You know, because, I mean, we'll get one little piece now. And then in the offseason, we got the dry picks. And we're just going to add, keep adding. We just got to keep adding, adding, adding. That's how we get better. And then the more we add, if we if we do, you know, keep Frank Milikina around, then his value all of a sudden becomes great. You know what I'm saying? Once once the pieces around him get good. But Frank, I'm, Frank not for sale, bro. I'm not trading Frank. I'm not trading RJ. I'm I'm close to damn near saying Randall's untradeable. Untradeable. I'm not trading Obi. I'm not trading Mitch. Before you have RJ. I might give you my parents or my cousins or somebody. You might have to think of <laughs> with that. Barrett, my future man. kids are safe. My wife, you probably could take her too. But oh, no. shit. We, we not. Damn, man. <laughs> Yo, I don't got no room in my crib, man. So you can't sleep on my couch. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit that out once once we post it to the to the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know. I really I, I like this team, bro. Like I like this team. I like what they I, I like what we doing right now. I like the energy. I like the RJ Barrett MVP chance. Um, I like the Randall MVP chance. I, I I like I like everything what the Knicks is doing right now, bro. I just hope that we don't make a dumb trade, bro. That's the only thing that's really 
getting me right now is the dumb trades. I don't I don't want no trades right now. People, hey, I want to say this to you here. I've seen posts today, and it says the Knicks need shooting. The Knicks need shooting. Do you think we need shooting? Because we got four or five guys right now who's shooting above thirty five percent from three. Is it shooting or we need scoring? Yeah, we, we just need more talent scoring because we got okay. the shooters. Okay. Everybody's shooting over. I mean, freaking Randall's shooting 41%. Randall's shooting 41%. You got Argent shooting 35%. You got Bullock shooting about 38%. You got you got Burke shooting about 38%. Emmanuel quickly shooting about 35%. Frank Nilakina is shooting 66% from three. Yeah. What the hell is Thibodeau doing? I need to see a practice. I gotta see it, bro. I, I want to know what they're doing, bro. They're putting in that work, man. It's not. It's not really the practice, cause um, cause of COVID, they can't really practice. So these guys are putting in the work on their own. That's 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 the ill shit right there, you know. Yeah, it, and what I like is um, Randall also, like I said earlier to you, Randall said that besides the um, not even Randall um, what's this guy name? Yeah, not even Randall. Not even Randall. Um. Was it Thibodeau? Thibodeau said that guys, right? You know, besides the group, you know, you know, teams have group practices, scheduled practices. They have practices on their own. You get what I'm saying? Like they don't even call Thibodeau up. They don't. They practice on their own. So that means that they really want to win for us. Like people like me and you who really put in the work and try to put as much information out there to the season ticket holders who spend about ten bands. Every year on season tickets to 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 just a casual Nick fan, like every type of Nick fan, bro. Like Aiden, Aiden, right? My God, Nick's community. Aiden is about 1920. And he's a Nick fan. It's stuff like that. And and you know why Aiden is so blessed? Because when I was 19 and 20, I had to deal with Isaiah Thomas. I had to deal with Scott Layden. You know, I, I still Jerome James. <laughs> oh God, bro! It, 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 I don't even know what to say sometimes, bro. Like the Knicks got me so happy, bro. Work has been good. The air smell better. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Shout out to Alfred Payton. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Alfred Payton. He, he's even been shooting pretty, pretty good. Um, you know. From the outside a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just contagious, man, all, everything that's doing. But, you know, just as, as just to add to that, you know, it's just those guys care about their own careers, too. That's that's one thing that's always been driving me every, every single year. These guys, say like uh, Bobby Portis and uh, some of the different guys that we had um, last year, um, Wayne Ellington and all these mm-hmm. different guys, like, were they even trying to get better? DSJ, that's the reason why he's not here. DSJ, are you trying to get better? He's looking, everybody's looking for the war is me. Put me in the right position. Oh, I need somebody to, to believe in me, all this other bullshit. Who's going to believe in you but yourself? You know what I'm saying? The, the work that you put in is, is what's going to be, um, you know, what people judge you by. You know what I'm saying? So that's why certain guys are not on the team anymore. And, um, you know, the guys that, that we do have on the team are, are got us where we are, right, at, right in the middle of the pack, 500 basketball. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got to say this. Because I feel like you, I feel like you pick on me sometimes. And the reason, oh, why, the reason why I say you pick on me sometimes, because me was having a conversation earlier about Alfred Payton. And shout out to Coach Five, by the way. And everybody knows 
before you start, you picked on me, man. You started, you started that. Don't, so don't, don't, um, you know, don't, don't act like I started it. But go ahead, continue your story. Everybody knows that Alfred Payton gets under my skin. Everybody knows this, right? Yeah. And Alfred Payton is one of the reasons why our record is the way it is. So I have to give him props. I just hate the way he plays basketball, bro. Like, that's that's my beef with him. Like, I don't like the way he plays basketball. He can't shoot. He's not a good passer. Well, he was a good passer. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this every episode, I put that up every episode, man. So I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that he's not. The dude is like half retarded, man. He might he might need a handicap sticker in his car. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna give it to him, man. Alfred Payton, he's helping us win games. Like anybody who's helping us win games, bro. I don't care what the situation is. Like I gotta give him props. Also, so <laughs> you know, any, anybody who help us in a winning situation, like I gotta give him props. I think the most hated Nick that I've had. Over the past, you know, couple of years, like, and I just hated the way they played the game. I think it was probably Mook Morris. It was probably Mook because Mook, he was a ball, yo. His ball hogging was, yo, bro. It was times where I was like, yo, I know he's not passing the ball. <laughs> yeah, and that's sad. That oh, yeah, he. he- he thought it was Car- he thought he was Carmelo, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't trying to make nobody better. He was just trying to take the pressure and put it on his on his shoulders and stuff. Which mm-hmm. is which isn't good, you know? That mm-hmm. that's why we didn't win. That's why we played so, such hard games and stuff. Because nobody was getting better. We were just like, yo, do something. You know, Julius mm-hmm. Randle got the ball, do something. Um, you know, Moog, he got the ball, do something, save us, you know? That's what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. You wanna know what's crazy? Like, um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Melo because I wanted to talk. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this last thing before we get out of here. I think I think we, this this deserves a conversation. Yeah, I was having an argument, you know, and you you probably seen it. And the guy said Randall is playing better than Amari in 2011 Amari versus 2021 Randall. And I originally, I first said, I said, I'm going to give it to 2011 Amari because Amari, the 10 games that he played, he had a 10-game stretch where he was averaging like 33 and like nine. Mm. He was averaging like 33 and nine with like, with like four assists. And... You know, Randall ain't never had a 10-game span where he averaged 33, 9, and, and, and like two, two, three, four assists. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had to be quiet. I forgot it was it was still patience in the building. <laughs> <laughs> but um Yeah, I wanted to talk uh, about like, how you how you felt about that conversation. Like who you who you thought had a better season overall? 2011, uh, 2011 Amari Stoudemire. Or 2021 Julius Randle. Well, first of all, I want to say I didn't see the conversation because I'm trying to get out of that thread, man. That thread is like nonstop, 24 hours a day. Guys are saying stuff in there, man. It's crazy. 
But but it is, it is a good conversation though because when when Amari came, I gotta say this before we before we continue. Amari was the one that, that came here first. He's the one that wanted to be here. He signed the money and got here first. You know, Melo Melo came via trade. That's a whole different set of set of circumstances there. But anyway, you know, Amari was the first one to come here. You know, you know, under his own, you know, will or whatever. So anyway, like when he when he first got here, he was the MVP candidate. You know, we was already projected to be a playoff team before Melo got here. You know what I'm saying? So. You know that that was a nice little run. He was unstoppable. You know, um, excuse me. Um, he, he had that battle against Blake that time. Uh, you know, with, with the whole Lob City stuff. It was Nick's Nick's Lob City versus um Clippers Lob City. So, you know, it was that type that type of um little little segment of time for for the Knicks. So that was good. But you know, it, you know, it, it's I, I don't know, man. I, I, if if you want to if you want to talk about like um the it's engine, tough. Tough. like yeah, the engine that drives the team. I, I think you can give. You think you got to give it to Julius, man. It's not even the engine part for me, bro. It's the it's the who was more like I feel. I feel like I feel like Amari was more dominant than yeah. Randall because the NBA was tougher. Let's think about it. This is twenty eleven, so you can right. still you can still put your hands on people, and it wasn't a lot of three point shooting. So he was he wasn't playing with a lot of space on the floor. So when that's why I only say that um Amari was just more dominant. Um the, the NBA was just different. Today's NBA is soft, bro. Like like yeah. like the refs they are so emotional. Like I, I need the old school refs back. Like let these dudes play basketball. Like I I don't know what they be calling sometimes. Shout out to Emmanuel quickly because he loves the flop and I hate flopping. But I accept the flopper if he's on my team. But yeah, the NBA rules is just so different that you know I gotta give it to Amari. And then let me ask you this: They also compared. They also tried to say Julius Randle versus Carmelo Anthony's 2013 season. Now I want to be respectful. I want to be extremely respectful. When Randle wins 54 games. And averages twenty nine points, then we can have that conversation, and and, right. and that's for anybody. Until then, we can't have that conversation. Until then, we can't. Speak. Until then, we can't speak upon that. But how do you feel about that conversation? Well, that that might be a little bit different because I mean, Melo Melo was he was like. He, he just had, like, the whole team on his back, man. Everybody else is doing their thing, whatever. But as far as, like, you know, every single night, like, trying to win these games, putting the, putting the ball in the, in the basket, the, you know, all those clutch situations every single night, you know, those 54 wins, that was all him, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but another thing, think about this, bro. Melo's supporting cast was worse than Randy's. And Amari and Amar Stoudemire's supporting cast was worse than Randy's. Right? Like, who would you rather have on that 2013 team before RJ Barrett? Well, I mean, I'm not, you gotta you gotta make me pull out these stats now. But I mean, uh, Melo, Melo who, who did, Smith. I well, JL Smith was was six man of the year. He was averaging 18 points a game. He was killing, man. That that 54 for win year. He was killing, but he's not a better rebounder than RJ. He don't defend better than RJ, and RJ might. RJ might be the better shooter, better three point shooter than Jake. Just for the season, just for the season. You got to be careful. You, you, 
you know, you know, J.R. Smith in them streets, man. Be careful. You might pull up on you. Like, who the better shooter? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I heard he be whipping cats ass in the street, man, for, just for nothing, man. Remember that shit? When he, when he yeah, pulled yeah, that dude, I mean, yeah, from vandalizing his car or whatever he did. It's crazy, man. J.R. Smith crazy. Man. I love J.R. Smith, man. But yeah. think, think about, you know, Carmelo Anthony's team. Think about Amari's team. And then think about the the the, court, the guys that Randall got around him now. And then you got to think about the coach. Mike Woodson's a great coach. He's not Thibodeau. Yeah, he's he's a good coach. He's a good coach. <laughs> Mike D'Antoni. Now, I think Mike D'Antoni, for me personally, I think Mike, Mike D'Antoni is a Hall of Fame coach. Just This is just me personally. But he's I don't think he's better than Thibodeau. That's just from the person. So, Randall has the better coach than me. Randall has the better um, the roster construction around him. You know, more talent around Randall. So that's why I gotta, I kind of gotta get it, give it to Amari and give it to, give it to Carmelo Anthony. I got and you, man. Who, who the hell was, who was the big man on, on Amari's team? Timothy Mozgov. <laughs> No, they they had Tyson Chandler, didn't they? No, that was the that was um that was the year on the Amari team. Yeah, that was the year after. Because remember, um, um Tyson Chandler just won the chip. Remember, he won the chip for um Dallas Mavericks. Okay, but, but he wasn't he wasn't on the team with with um because that because that year that the Amari was there, we had got Melo too. So um these guys weren't on the team. Nah, oh no, Tyson Chandler wasn't. Nah, he was signed that free. He was signed that off season. It's well, he he, he was flipped. He was flipped for for this guy, um, Chauncey Billups, I think. Who the hell made that trade? Who made that call, man? I don't know, man. That was one of the yo, yo diehard. Why would you, why would you trade for Chauncey? And you have a team option. You accept his team option, and then you amnesty him. What the hell was that? What the, what the Yo, Leon Rose and those guys weren't in charge. That's what happened. <laughs> you know, Scott Perry and all those guys were still trying to make their way in this league, you know. So, you know, if they were in charge, that that, that shit would have never happened. Oh, God. Thank God. I'm, I'm praying. I'm hoping it don't happen. But, yo, it, it, overall, though, like, I'm glad we had this conversation. Like, I, 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 feel, I feel vindicated. Um, I feel comfortable <laughs> now. I, I, I feel, I feel I, I'm happy. Um, you know, shout outs to Randall. Dude, yo, dude is proving me so wrong. Like, I, I feel stupid. <laughs> I I keep telling you that, man, but I, I, I think I speak for a lot of the Nick fan base. Like, I didn't expect him to be this good. Like, end of story. Like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out who the center was. I'm. I, was it like Ronnie Turioff? What the hell? It was, was probably. Who? It was probably Samuel Dallenberg, Ronnie Turioff. I know it was somebody. Tyson Chandler. He had Timothy Mozgov. I know it was yeah, somebody though. Timothy Mozgov. He started like 14 games that year. Um, Turioff started 21. Uh, but then they made the trade. They made the trade for um, for Melo that year, right? Did they? Did they make it that year? Yeah, they made that trade for Melo that year. So all those guys got traded. So I mean I don't even know I mean we would have to like really really dig deep for that shit just to figure out who was where. <laughs> oh God, 
Next time we talk, I'll have that for you. All right, bet. Next time we talk, I'll have that for you. Did we show Randall enough praise before I get out of here? I want to make sure that we got a mutual agreement that State has forgiven Randall for last season and that he was dead wrong. Yeah, I think I think uh, Randall will give you a hug, man. He he will, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. He probably give you a nicer hug and probably give you a kiss too, just for for uh, for uh, you know taking back all the all the craziness that you were saying about him, man. Yeah, I, yo, bro, I <laughs> I got a picture of Bart Simpson, and remember on the picture, remember it it got a Mimi right, and he was writing on the board, and he was writing the same thing over and over and over. But in this picture, I put Randall is not a point guard. Wait, <laughs> yo, he totally is though. Now, when when he's when he's running up the court, man, yo, somebody's gonna get the ball. Somebody's gonna get that that get that assist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he almost he almost got a patented move where he he comes um you know full blown as soon as they stop him he just turns around and hits whoever's like right behind him in the corner almost like blind he just turns around and just throws it. Cause he knows the guys are there, you know. Guys yeah. are supposed to be there. That scheme, that scheme, that's um, that's Thibodeau's scheme. Thibodeau won a lot of, just like Thibodeau said, I want people to play defense, and I want to shoot a lot of corner threes. So Randall, every time he get the ball, he's running down the court. He knows, all right, two people's gonna go to some three point corners. One of y'all gotta find. So Randall, Randall has, he he's evolved in a way that I never expected. He's way better than Pascal Siakam. Um, he's better than Aaron Gordon. He's better than a lot of these dudes, man. He's better than Sabonis. He's be- he's just better than him. I, I don't know what yeah. else to say. <laughs> he's a bulldog, man. Shout out to Randall. But, you know, I'm I'm ready for that next step, man. You know, you mentioned Melo and Amari. You know, I, I was gonna mention Bosch and Blake. You know, those those are two guys that that um very similar to um to what Randall's doing too. Especially Blake, like prime Blake, you know, just I'm, uh, I, I'm gonna be respectful to Chris Bosch, and I feel like we gotta leave Chris Bosch out of it. We gotta respect the NBA champion. We're gonna be respectful, so I'm gonna oh, leave him out of it. Um, as far as Blake Griffin is concerned, um, Randall, he don't play like Blake, but he affects the game like Blake. He he affects the game like Blake Griffin. He he affects the game like Blake Griffin, but you know, I I, I don't know. I gotta see more. Prime Blake Griffin, like dunk on people, Blake Griffin. I don't know. Well, it's not not only about the dunking and stuff. It's just um his his stats and stuff. He he um he was giving you uh for most uh, like a big chunk of his career five assists a game, six assists a game one year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he was he wasn't doing doing just um nothing but dunks. You know he was facilitating a lot too, scoring a lot of points. You know, twenty plus per game, uh, still giving you you know decent rebounds, but those assists is what jumps out at me. That, that's why I'm comparing him to um to Randall. And then, as far as Bosch too, man, you got you got to put some respect on his name too because he's been get like for when when he wasn't in Miami, Toronto, he was giving you twenty two and ten. That's every year. That's yeah, twenty two and ten. Any any anybody who, who knows basketball will know Chris Bosch was a goddamn dog before he got to uh. Before he got to Miami, Chris Bosh was guaranteed 20 and 10 every night. And he was a good passer. And he was a shooter. And he and he elevated his game 
from from just post scoring to mid range scoring to out out to the three point line. So Chris Bosh is one of the, he's one of the best power forwards I ever seen. Like one, he's a great power forward. Like one of the great ones. Blake Griffin, one of the great power forwards that I've watched in my lifetime. Like I I'm glad that I had a chance to watch guys like that. Or now we got Zion. You got Zion. You got Randall. You know, it, it's going to be fun to watch, man, how these guys, the evolution of these guys, that's going to be fun to watch. That's definitely yeah. going to be fun to watch. But these, yeah. these people getting at me, Evil, they, they, I got to go, man. Yeah, I see. I see. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. I, I've, you know, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to put that out there. But I don't even know how the hell you do that, man. Um, I know. I, I know one thing. You better hit that hand sanitizer one one time before you get out of here. Every listen. Everybody knows. At my everybody knows at my job, I'm a Nick fan. Right. So when the Nick games come on, my bosses don't call me. When <laughs> <laughs> during my break, don't call me. I might be recording. I take this very seriously. I take what I do very seriously. And I put in a lot of work. I read a lot of articles. So I don't want to be bothered when I'm talking next. And just for you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Hey, nothing coming. Oh, no. Nothing came out of that. <laughs> well, you, you got, you're giving me, you're making me itch, man. So I got to put some hand sanitizer on my hands, too. Oh, uh, man. All right. Here we go. There you go. Good. That's the good stuff. But, um, yeah, bro, man, I'm, I'm out of here, man. You know, I'm glad we had this Randall um, conversation on that. I feel free. Yeah, I, I think we needed this conversation, man. I, now I you can walk around with your tits out now. You can take your shirt off and walk around with your tits out now. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I'm going to work, man. Nick Nation, uh, I love y'all, man. Die hard, bro. I appreciate you, King, man. Yeah, oh, no man. doubt. I'm out of here, man. Peace. Peace, my brother. Peace, bro. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the Dynex Podcast. You got Slizzy here with us from State of the New York Knicks Podcast. You can catch him on audio podcast. He he's on every single audio platform out there. So anyway, continue to support. We need some feedback too, man. If you guys like what you hear with me and, and Sliz, you know, let us know. We got to get Sliz some headphones, man, because the headphones um is kind of causing a little disruption and stuff. But uh, before we get out of here, of course, Manscaped. Go to Manscaped.com. Put in um, Die Hard twenty for the promo code, where you can get twenty percent off and free shipping. Also, nativehempcompany.com, uh, you put in promo code DIEHARD and you get a discount for them as well. So uh, we got Manscaped uh, with um, DIEHARD20 and uh, Native Hemp Company, just straight DIEHARD. So anyway, it's your boy Eru. Catch you guys in the next one, man. It's definitely going to be more because uh, we got the All-Star game coming up. And uh, just look out for more guests on, on, on DIEHARD next, man. So thanks for supporting. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the thumbs up. All right, peace, guys. <laughs>